It's condensation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. I'm Ryan Beach, and on today's episode, we're bringing you part three of three, the last episode in my series with Carlos Izcaray, music director of the Alabama Symphony Orchestra. I can't thank Carlos enough for coming onto my podcast and just being so open and vulnerable with us about some of the struggles he's gone through and the struggles that he is continuing to go through now. But it's a great way to end this series on a very positive note with him talking about what he thinks an orchestra's role in serving the community that it's in is, what that role is. So I hope you enjoy listening to what his thoughts are. I know I enjoyed hearing about it and enjoy part three of my series with Carlos Izcaray. I would like to end this episode with Mm -hmm. a a nice and positive uh, message here because, um, again, what I again, one one thing I've just I've come to respect about you the more that I've gotten to know you through these podcasts is just again that you're you're not a victim. You're taking your own future into your hands, but it's still a part of you, right? So you're still fighting for this thing. So even though it's not what defines you, maybe you're still you know it's still going to be a part of you. And so obviously, one thing that you said even. Um, your sort of your love of music being uh, affirmed and that that's what you're here to do as music director of the Alabama Symphony. Um, I always ask this question to end these interviews um, as I talk to you about. Usually it's why is music relevant in our culture? But I think for you, it might be an interesting question to answer. Why is a symphony orchestra relevant to the community with which it's in? Mm-hmm. What is our role? What's our responsibility? How do we serve that community uh, in your eyes? Yes. Well, um, why are orchestras needed in our community? I would, I will almost say more than needed. Uh, it's, it's why are they, how are they useful? Um, and at the same time, how are they relevant? There's something about the orchestra that I've, I, I always, when I'm talking to people, and especially people who are not sort of attuned yet, I would say that yet, to, to classical music, is that one has to backtrack a little bit to a point in the 20th century where classical music became a, a sort of brand in itself. Like when you have, when, when, when the music industry... Um, Starts in the second and in the twentieth century, especially with you know with recorded music, etc., electronic medium. Now you could amplify things, and then you start getting the different bands that eventually became rock bands, etc., etc. At some point, when you're starting selling and packaging music, um, especially recorded music, so so people migrated on one end from from experiencing music live, where that was it, that was the only option that you had. You could either play it or listen to it, or maybe look at a score and hear it in your head. But how many, let's be honest, how many people can really do that? Not me. <laughs> um, so, so we went from that to all of a sudden having a, a musical groups that through electronic means could project beyond what an orchestra can project. So, so basically now you can grab a guitar. I mean, when you, lo- when you listen to a classical guitar, 
it's one of the instruments that are uh, most challenging to 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 balance against. Now you're a trumpet. Imagine if you're playing trumpet for, with a, a a trumpet guitar duo. I actually don't know if that repertoire exists, but let's say there's a It'd be tough. Yeah, yeah, but it would you probably would have to work on the, your piano playing more than with any <laughs> other repertoire, right? Sure, yeah, definitely. And the guitars would have to amplify, yeah. So so now, you know, you add electricity, you plug in that guitar, and all of a sudden, that instrument is the loudest one of all. Yeah, we recently did our concert with Steve Vai, remember that? That it was, was amazing. Like, it was amazing, it was fun, but, mo I mean, boy, I mean, it can get pretty loud, and he can always turn the knob and be even louder, right? Right, yeah. So that is something that changed quite a bit. I'll get back to your orchestra question, no, now, but, I, but I think that is a major development in the human experience I, I do this often when I'm talking to a, a large group and I say, how many of you like music? 100% people raise their hands. How many of you listen to music or have listened to music, whether very, very um, attentively or just kind of peripherally? How many of you have listened to music? And I keep your hands up. And, then, and the same 100, you know, the, like, it, close to 100% will still have their hands up. Now, when I said... How many of you listen to music? How many of you, when thinking about this, were thinking about a live performance? Almost 100% of the hands that were up go down. Right. Because when, 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 when you ask someone now, do you listen to music? The Interesting. majority of people will, in their head, when they, they, they assume, now, now in our conversation now, when we converse, uh, when we, sorry, when we talk, uh, It's basically they're going to assume that you're talking about listening, you know, with headphones or speakers. Yeah, it, that's very true. Or radio. I or mean, whatever. I think I even think of that. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's just the way it's 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 the human interactions with music have changed because of technology in mm -hmm. a way that I don't think we're aware of yet fully. That has it's a double-edged sword. There's good things about it. There's bad things about it. The obviously the good things would be massification. I mean, there's I mean with With technology, you get more information out there to maybe to corners of the world that would not have been possible back then. You know, you can't get a trumpet or a violin as easily to, uh, you know, the, the Himalayas. You know, if there's right. a little village there, you could probably easier... Just give them an iPod or give whatever. Give an iPod yeah, or right, something right. and then they'll listen to stuff that they don't know where it comes from and but, then they can listen to anything at that yeah. point too right instead of it's you have an orchestra or you have this or it's like everything is available to yeah. you with that as well yeah now if i'm thinking the orchestra world and classical music as a whole because i'm going to include also choruses i want to include also um opera and i'll even go as far as to include also the, the wind ensembles bands etc etc so what What that is really is a process that started way back in the day when human beings discovered instruments, you know. And at some point, then you have in in the you know in the 10th century or so, you you start seeing the musical notation being um, invented, and you know, with monks and in monasteries and with the Gregorian chant, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so there's two things that are happening. On one end, you have the evolution of instruments, which gave voice to more people to express musically. Maybe, you know, people who could not sing that well or whatever, but, you know. And then on one end, you have a way to codify this music so they can be 
repeated by other people. It's mm -hmm. it's it's this basically music notation is the first um it's 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 the first way of recording that we have. So instead of a, sure, a yeah. instead of a of, of, of a CD or a, or MP3 or whatever track, you know, here we have something on paper, you know, and that and that codex that we all agree upon, okay, this is an A, this is a B. The third little circle over the line is going to be that note. Then, you know, someone across across the, the ocean 200 years later can look at that and reproduce something as close as possible to what that person was doing back then. So I tell that in a very, very condensed uh, version to people that are asking me about music in general. Sort of this for, for one thing is to to get them to think about the music that we do not as 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 an aisle. Well, back then, we when when I started talking about this, we still had re, uh, record stores. Mm -hmm. So I would think, you know, it's like you're in a record store, um, and then you're looking at the the genres. You have the jazz and uh, you know uh, hip hop here, and you have rock here and indie rock. And then I always thought that I, I, it always bothered me to see classical music on, as another sub branch like like this. Because I'm thinking, well, let's see. So this, let's see, this in the rock here. I look at the oldest thing is maybe six years old, you know, and the newest. So we're talking about six year span versus here we're looking at five hundred years. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's, it's like it's 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 not only that it's unfair. It's also it's not precise. It's not. I mean, it's not. It's not even close to 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 showing what 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 it really is that we do. Um. But I, 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 would, I don't want to talk in terms of a complaint against society. No, I mean, I want to talk about the reality. I mean, that's, that's just a fact right now. Now, when, when you look at an orchestra, um, at least when I look at an orchestra, I see a number of things. I see a, 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 an, organic, an organic entity that is made of you know, dozens and dozens of people. This, but this is something that evolved over you know, generations and through the process of trial and error, you know, you see pieces that were written for, I don't know, a bunch of trumpets and a few strings. And, you know, somebody noticed, well, you know, we're not going to hear the strings. You know, if we have two, three, up to five, maybe that's enough trumpets for sure. You know, which you, 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 you mix it up with some more brass, you know, makes a nice color. I mean, there's there's a lab, there's a laboratory uh, that 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 is the orchestra that over the years has been improving and improving and trying to find the right mix like the right recipe so now you have a a, a very numerous amount of strings and then you have a certain amount of 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 very individual instruments like they had very a very particular timbre uh, a sound like an oboe or a flute you know to me that i've always seen them as the uh, like like the exotic spices one might put in a in a meal in a, in a special mm -hmm. yeah. dish where you go, oh I turmeric I I felt that here oh you put some you know a little bit of oregano here I mean there's that the, that's to, the winds in a way to me the woodwinds are a little bit of that and then there's the brass that you have different families I mean with the different instruments but somewhere the the fact that they are made of the same stuff same alloys you know the um, there, there is a cohesion there. There's a project. It's, it's a, the, you guys are the ones that, that project. That's how I see it. Um, 
give like that extra turbo to the yeah yeah to the to the orchestra and then the last instruments to arrive the percussion which is curious because they're the last to be accepted into a refined orchestra but they were the first instruments i mean i imagine the first instrument being a, some kind of a stick or or a piece of you know after after the kill you know and uh, after the meal there was all this left off leftover leather you know from Uh, after everybody made their coats and you then you put it over something and somebody banged on it with a stick. Yeah. Hey, that's nice. Well, I think rhythm is like the most primal part exactly. of music in general. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like that's the part we when we feel rhythm, I feel like that's what yeah. that's what connects us more than almost anything right. to the music. I, yeah. I agree. It's pulse. I yeah. mean, the we the living organism, I mean, we have a heartbeat. I mean, pulse is something that is a part of us, keeps a keeps us going. So It's funny because the percussion instruments that were like the last ones to arrive to an orchestra were the first instrument, but nonetheless, I mean, here they are. It's the last ones who have evolved um, to become parts of our family. Um, I see instruments also as a almost like historical documents on the evolution of, 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 of engineering. I mean, when you look at a violin, I'm, I'm looking at a top piece of wood that comes from one place, a bottom piece of wood, you know, there's the maple wood and there's the spruce and those come from different parts of the world. And you have the Pernambuco wood that comes from Brazil and then the horse hair. And, you know, and then you have maybe, maybe back in the day, the strings were made out of gut. I mean, these are things that I, people find this fascinating when you talk to them about that. Uh, Cause they don't know about it. It's just, they see a fiddle, it's a fiddle, you know, right. oh, that yeah. comes from Europe somewhere. Actually it doesn't. It actually, the, the instrument itself comes from all over the world. It's it's a reflection on a period of history when 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 the with continents were being connected through new ways, uh, you know, as uh, when when the 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 the, na the 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 navy capacities of countries in Europe were enabling them to come to the new world, and from then you get new produces. I mean, that's how the horse got to the new world. That's how. Pernambuco wood went back to the old world and we were able to make finer instruments. You know, so it's a, literally the orchestra and our instruments are a reflection of interconnect, uh, the uh, the connectivity between different cultures and places. Yeah. I start there from the, from the very beginning. Look at this, this type of wood, the ebony, this wood, this wood, this alloy that comes from here, that it's, you know, now we, we make, smartphones from you know alloys that i mean and different some minerals would come from africa some others would come from asia and then we you know somebody found out that this conducts electricity better than not and then you make that little gadget from things that you find all over the world well that's what our instruments are let's start there okay so um i mean the people that design our instruments and that have experimented, you know, over the years and the generation such to get to make a trumpet that sound that good and to be that smooth to play with. I mean, you see what I mean? It's the generations and generations. Absolutely, of, yeah. And on top of that, then I see how we have evolved with our own techniques of what we can do with our bodies, you know, and that improves and improves over the generations. You know, kids are getting better now than, you know, they're, they're, if you look at a kid playing a Tchaikovsky concerto now at 13 years old, playing at the same level that uh, Jehudi Menuhin was playing at the peak of his career right. back in the yeah, day. Yeah, it's you know? crazy to think about that, yeah. So the this is the tricky part then, because it's, it's a part of the 
dialogue or, or the impressions that one gets when, when, when looking at society at large, you feel that, well, okay, we're not so relevant anymore, you know, on one end. But at the same time, I, I feel confidently that we have more classical musicians, more orchestral musicians nowadays than, than ever in the history of humankind. <laughs> It's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I don't have the stats on that, but that's on one end. I mean, there weren't any orchestras in Paraguay until, you know, very recent. Sure. Now they have orchestras in Paraguay. How good they are? Well, we'll see. Have you listened to a recording of a German orchestra or a major orchestra? Even here, one of the top, the, the big five. Yeah. Grab the big five, and you let's 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 l listen to a recording from like back in the day. Yeah. You, you're gonna hear some funky notes there. Sure, yeah, it's very. Let's true. admit it. I mean, yeah. because, um, but it is that's the reality. There's an there's an evolving process, and we keep perfecting it. We keep perfecting it. So. I think that part of the process has not changed that much. It's still, you know, we're, we're trying to get kids to learn music. Some of them get hooked on music um, and then they want to aspire. They're crazy enough like us to say, we want to do this for a living and get paid. And, you know, and, and this is what I want to do. I, I just can't do without it. And I'm, and, you know, and, and, the, and you're good enough and you're being applauded and you're being encouraged. So, I think that's probably the same process as someone back in the 19th century. I don't think that's changed that much. What has changed is that, well, you know, the society evolves and can, becomes more complex. There are more, there are a lot more uh, ways for a person nowadays to 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 look for distractions and just to, you know to 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 go out and about. Um, there, you can entertain yourself at home more, better yeah. now than ever. I, I mean, was not, just talking about this yesterday with somebody how, you know, there's so, just on Netflix alone, there's so much, it's not it's even just distraction TV. There's so much quality entertainment where you're getting some of the best acting, some of the best storytelling, you know, like it's actually not just, uh, I'm just killing a night because I don't want to go out. There's like actual quality. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're, it's like competing with that. So back in the day, you would have, you know, You would have something like okay, if you have a Puccini opera, that's that you know the, that's being produced in Milan, and, and that's it. Right, that's their thing they can. That do. That was the event. Yeah, there are no movies. There, I mean, there might be a theater play, there might be this, there might be that, but opera was it, you know. And it's so we we're in an era now where I I always say we're not blinded by dark anymore. We're blinded by light mm -hmm. in every sense. We're talking about the Venezuelan thing just now, and it's like too much information. Absolutely. And then you think about, uh, you know, entertainment, just what am I going to do? It's like so many options, overwhelming. What the thing that does not change about what we do, and this is, I think, the biggest um, point in our favor, is the fact that, number one, we do it live. I mean, our, our the, the fact that we can... It's, it's not, I mean, there are many things that are life. That, I'll put it this way. I think even us musicians, people don't realize the level of perfection that we've gotten to. I mean, even if you have a, you know, one missed note here and there, you know, when, when, when you're coming to an ASO concert, for example, and you're hearing a Beethoven fifth or, 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 a, or a bigger work or a smaller work, whatever it is, the level of perfection that we've acquired I think there's something that we take for granted sometimes. I mean, oh, I'm talking about yeah. the, I mean, the, the, just, just the intonation in a chord is something that was not 
Uh, I mean, you, you would not get that so automatically, you know, the f- couple of generations prior. And now we think if it's not perfectly in tune all the now time, freak it's just out. a horrible performance. Yeah, exactly. and, I mean, we obviously, again, it's but, just but then, but pursuit then, of perfection is but a it's noble just a, thing. Yeah. But. So I think I, 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 I am more and more convinced now um, people like to separate sports from the arts and i actually i'm i'm quite the opposite i i want to bring them closer because i think they are i think we're i think we're athletes of a of a special kind or or, or it's something that is yeah there's something about it um it's like it's the non-competitive sport in the sense that we are we don't have an adversary uh, 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 in it there's no team yeah no opponent, trying to beat yeah. it this is the one it's it's more similar in a way to to mountain climbing, which you you would consider a sport, but it's it's the it's the self challenge. The adversary is within. It is pretty darn hard to play that beginning of Mahler Five, wouldn't you say? No matter times how much times you play it, even if you're like the most prodigious guy, when you're you know in front of two thousand people, and then there is always that. Maybe I shouldn't say that to you. I'll, no, I'll, no, I, I don't disagree. I know I'll exactly. Say it, where I'll you're say it about another solo in another instrument. So I don't want to. I don't no, want. No, <laughs> I, I know exactly where you're headed. You know, it's you're like no you're matter how prepared it. you feel, there's always going to be that heightened thing of and you like can, this is a and you is, might be and you might be in the in the middle of it, and that second you get this thought of oh my god, am I I'm actually playing this alone? Oh, yeah. Oh crap. Well, oh. and I just think it's it leads me. I talk all the time about. I think the most difficult part of playing in an orchestra, and nobody would think about this, especially from the outside, is just the focus it takes to stay in the, in that moment the whole time. You yeah. know, people look at our job and we sit down the whole time, and it's not a very like physically demanding job, at least in the traditional sense of like what a construction worker would be, or maybe someone who's on their feet walking around all day. But w- the mental drain, mm. you know, I mean, for you probably more than anybody, just you can't yeah. actually let go for the entire time. What I, I will say, I, I would actually say, um, it's not a, it's not a disagreement. It was about I would expand on what you said. Is that there are some instruments that you would even say that do take a toll, like. Try, yeah, play, try or, playing a bass right. for three decades. You are going to have true. similar sort of these these kind of chronic uh, injuries and things that you that you see from construction workers or from athletes. You do see these things. I mean, I, I that's why I say I want to bring it closer to sport because it is. I'm uh, you know as you know before I, I was doing conducting, I was a full time cellist, and I was a basketball player before that. Right, right, and. I did have to treat certain injuries, you know, I, you know, my ankle, my, uh, I broke a, both thumbs, I mean, playing basketball and in sports, you know, so it's like, when you go through that, and then you have a, a playing injury, you know, like tendonitis or things, and the amount of, of discipline that it takes, and uh, the withstanding pain, and also doing uh, preemptive things so that you don't become injured, you know, it's like a sport. It's exactly the same. It's exactly yeah. the same. Right. There's a physical element. It's that, that. That's it. I mean, the, the only difference is that there's no team playing against you. Right, that's right. it. Um, there's uh, so, and then you mentioned something about the focus. For example, I always think of of the, for example, brass players. That's you know, you you guys are like the snipers. You have to be there, yeah. sort of waiting for the moment. You waiting for that moment. You wait for that yeah. moment. And now comes the solo. Boom. It's just got to be there. And yeah. you got to be there and nail yeah. it. You know, this, 
Um, I always I try to think about it too. Uh, if you talk, if you told somebody that to just sit for like eight minutes and just not move, like you can't you can't look at your phone, you kind of can't move at all. You just you just sit there for eight minutes. That's true. That's like we do that all the time. You know, it's yeah. especially for like you know trumpets and low brass in yeah. classical repertoire yeah, and, and percussion. Yeah, yeah, percussion too. Right. But you're basically just sitting there and you don't get to do anything and you're just kind of and then beyond that, then the the discipline, like you said, to stay in it, to stay focused, not try not to let your mind wander and think about all sorts of different things, but to be listening to your colleagues, to be involved with what's going on. It's weirdly just as mentally taxing yep. as if I was playing the entire time. That's uh, interesting. It's, it's a weird That's interesting. Yeah, it's a weird part of the job. And one takes that for granted. I'll tell you something. When when I um, you know, it's as a, as a cello player, I did basically I stopped playing at a point it's when my career was taking off and I was traveling a lot. You know, I wasn't going to carry my cello to every place I went. You know, so it's funny enough though when it, it was when I became busier as a conductor. At, but but when I became a music director here, it's funny because I started playing more because I was more present in one. Sure. place i was doing sure. you know before it was sort of jet setting from place to place so what i'm getting is that I, when i started playing again it was here in the chamber music with our with with, with daniel sats our concert master and he asked me to play uh, a few recitals with him it's funny the part about i mean playing Getting back in shape, you know, it took me a few weeks. I, you know, I started doing scales, and, oh, you know, just stretching those yeah, right. muscles and tendons that hadn't been uh, worked on very. But a lot of that muscle memory was still there. I mean, it's my bow was fluid. You know, little by little, I started to get the stamina back. That was there. By the time I got to the first rehearsal, I was already playing as a pro cellist again. You know, mm-hmm. maybe not at the very very top level, but I was. You know, I, I felt good about it. And that went well. One thing, though, that that I had, I felt that I had lost. That it, what what happened? I mean, this 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 wasn't ever an issue. I, you know, counting bars, where I wasn't playing. Yeah. You know, in the, in you the, don't the, do that anymore. I, guess. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't count bars. <laughs> I I'm, think, yeah. I'm always active. Right, right. I mean, there's always somebody to conduct. Right. Even right. if it's the rest, you're still conducting. Yeah. yeah. We're talking like one bar there too, right? Yeah, so you're exactly. Not even, yeah, that's, but but, but all of a sudden I had to count 15 bars and it was happening back like 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 back in the day when I was a student and you're 15 bars and you're counting your by bar number three. Oh, is this three or four? Oh, third right. beat, fourth beat. Where am I? Oh my God, yeah, desperation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I have to come in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm sure you know that feeling. Sure, of course. And that is that came back in a way that, oh my God, I mean, because you're talking about the focus, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Because with the moment that I had to start playing again, my 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 counting and and staying in focus um, mechanisms were very very much out of shape, sure. and those were the hardest ones to bring back, and more than the the actual playing. It yeah, was, the mental was, side of it. It was the mental yeah, side, and yeah. this has happened a number of times. When I played, a, I remember in Aspen at Aspen, I played with with the orchestra there, you know, you would conduct. And when you were not conducting, you were playing in the orchestra. Sure. Same thing. Sure. Some of the most basic kind of orchestral things that I hadn't, you know, I hadn't been doing for, 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 for a couple of years were becoming challenging. And it was like the counting rests and that kind of thing, the, the staying in focus. I, so I completely understand you. So yeah, basically we've kind of covered uh, a little bit of the history and how we've, it's, it's 
been a reflection of innovation, but then also of the connection of how the world has become connected and kind of the construction of the instruments and things like that. Um, basically moving to how do you feel then we take all of this sort of amazing, basically improbable circumstances of all these orchestras are the instruments coming together to create the orchestra and then these amazing composers writing these things. And how do we take that into this like, yeah, community aspect and, and serve them? So the orchestra, if we are able to go to, to, to put aside this thought of like classical music as a brand, as a sub brand of of recorded music, if we're able to just step away from that for a second, then you start to see what an orchestra actually is, which is, it's almost a miracle. You say the improbable, uh, improbable uh, circumstances, that's basically what an orchestra is. It's almost a miracle of humankind. I mean, at some point in in, in Europe, the combination of, 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 of interconnected, activities between societies and cultures etc somewhere i mean somewhere little by little an orchestra starts to flourish what is an orchestra to me more than a genre of music it's a set of possibilities mm. that i mean it's basically it's 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 humankind interacting with itself but also with its medium it's, so it's a combination of things. It's, it's expanding the experience of togetherness to as, and, and, and making it as big as it can be. I think that we're a pretty good measure, not, of our, not only of our possibilities, but also of our limitations. That's one thing that I always tell you know, younger conductors and musicians and people that, you know, that I'm mentoring is that... Be aware and embrace your limitations. It's not that 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 it's it's, it's not it's it's almost as if if we're able to understand what you're about, what we are, then then the possibilities right. become infinite. But in the end, you know, if you have too many brass musicians, you will cover the strings. Right. That is a fact. That's what you need more people. So this thing that evolved over years now. What do we have now? What we have is, you know, give or take, what, what do you call an orchestra? From 23 musicians? I mean, I don't know. Let, let's say it's chamber orchestra, 23 musicians. Uh, we now call it chamber orchestra. Back in the 200 years ago, that would be the symphony orchestra. Sure, but let's sure. say, whatever, uh, dozens of people on a stage playing for hundreds of people um, in the audience, whether it's in a hall, whether it's an outdoors concert, etc. That to me is a phenomenon. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a phenomenon. Something that was discovered, whether it was intent, there was intention, uh, intent be, behind that phenomenon, or it was a happy accident. Whichever way you want to see it, the fact is and remains that an orchestra is a miracle. That is what an orchestra is. It's a nice way to put it. An orchestra and what we do. It's a miracle. It's something that we discovered as human beings as a way for making the most ridiculous thing. And I, and I want to get into this. I mean, when you, somewhere in history, a person was grabbing two pieces of wood of, you know, maybe leftover from, a, from their workshop. They were making maybe furniture. I don't know what they were doing. But somebody thought, maybe if I put these two little reeds together and I blow on them and this horrible sounds that come from it. Somebody figured out that this, if you put it on a, 
longer stick with holes in it, it sounds more and more <laughs> yeah. palatable. Look at a trumpet. When you guys are warming up, I always think it's funny when, when, you, when you're working just on the mouthpiece. That sound. Who came up with the idea that going, you know, with yeah. that sound, you could turn that into the most glorious, yeah, uh, uh, and, you know, angelic oh, and sound I, in the world. And I think it's such a cool thing, too. Sorry to, sorry to yeah. cut you off, but I was at a party at my house a couple of years ago, and we were in my bedroom, and one of my trumpets was just sitting out. I think it was on my dresser. And so there were probably five or six of us in there. And so we passed my trumpet around and everybody tried to play it. And, you know, of course, as you've heard, it's the same thing with anybody trying any instrument. They try it out and the sound is not. And they say, oh, great. this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then I picked up my horn and I wasn't trying to be, you know, arrogant or whatever, but I was just like, guys, this is the same instrument you just played. Yeah. And then I played it and it was the sound of the trumpet that comes out. And it's just like this. Even I don't think I thought about it from that perspective that it's like I've worked really hard yeah. to be able to take this thing that shouldn't make a good sound yeah. and make people be like, I could listen to that. And yeah. like all musicians have done that. And that's like kind of what makes music in a way kind of crazy that we would spend that amount of time to make this thing that doesn't inherently make a great sound. Well, and I figure would, it I, out. Just I, like I would said. go as far as to say we figure out how to make the most ridiculous things, but, but let's face it, it is absolutely, if you're looking at it a purely logical, from a purely logical lens, somebody blowing air on something that sounds so ugly when, when you're not refined, you know, like yeah, that, yeah. or someone scratching on something in that friction, that becomes later a violin sound. Right. Or if you want to get really ridiculous, I mean, take what I do for a living, waving your arms. <laughs> what, I mean, what... The only thing that, that differentiates what I'm doing, if you were filming me, you know, in what, in what I do, you know, in a concert, and somebody who's, who's who who has uh, severe, you know, uh, mental right. issues and problems, is the fact that I have people in front right. of me playing music. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd look like a like a nut job, right? Yeah. In fact, there was once. This reminds me of a funny moment when I was doing a I was doing a photo shoot, babe. Early, early in my career, and I, uh, the photographer wanted to take me. This was in Caracas, and he put me in the middle of traffic. We found like a little thing that this bump that looked like a podium, and I was in the middle of traffic. Imagine, I don't know, Fifth Avenue or something like that, and I'm conducting. You're like conducting traffic. <laughs> and the, nice. the, the, there was the person that was with us. Uh, it was saying, "You look." I mean, I look like an insane guy in the <laughs> yeah, middle of the imagine. street with a stick in my hand. I feel like in New York, people wouldn't think twice at that because they, there's just like enough potential crazy yeah. people that someone you could think. Yeah. And, and I had like, that's just know, a crazy. And guy. I had truck drivers driving by me and you know, like saying things to me like, hey, "Yeah, it's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> good job there," you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, that's teasing a, me. That's hilarious. It was really funny. But this is this is something that I think we should be aware of uh, as musicians that what we have done is almost turned the most irrelevant, ludicrous thing into something that is not only relevant, but also enriching and exalting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've, 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 it's, it's, it's turning ashes, you know, it's, it's, it's going the other way. It's, it's, it's turning ashes into gold. Yeah. It, it's, it's something. Winches. I never really thought about it yeah. that way. So that's something that I always think about and that encourages me. And, and um, that, that's where I get a lot of my motivation, I think, is to realize, wow, this is in a way a blessing that 
that people discover this. I mean, this is this is something that I think is something is very positive about the human experience. It yeah. sets us aside from from the animal world and whatever. That we were at some point, some people decided to try to try this out, and in that experiment, all of a sudden they realized, oh, hold on, but not only this sounds nice if I do it, but if I do it in combination with this right. other instrument uh, right you know little by little you start getting an ensemble they like going. made a violin and they're like but what if we made a little bit bigger violin yeah. and call it a viola and yeah it sounds pretty nice together uh, uh well the evolution of instruments and um you know i i took i remember my, one of my minors when i was a student was uh, violin making luthier you know was, uh, I, I didn't never made an instrument but i repaired enough of them made a bridge and here and there, you know, I, and you start to realize, well, there's some serious engineering going on here. So if you take, for example, the 18th century, um, you know, the golden period of, of violin making, etc., then in Stradivarius and, and these people, it's sort of parallel to the great developments that were happening, for example, in, in, the, in, in the, the British Navy and the Spanish Navy, where you would have these new amazing ships, the same kind of engineering that was being applied and discovered for these um, very useful tools, um, sort of day-to-day kind of things, were, was being applied for the arts and for, for trying to turn a sort of folky instrument that was, you know, nice to listen to you know, at a, a bit, what, what we're looking at, our instruments are the pinnacle of how of what an instrument, of a man-made instrument, can project without amplification. Right. It's a, that, that 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 I start with that that you are literally looking at excellence in the in in the in the greatest sense. I mean, when you think Rolex watches, you think you know this sort of handmade great tools. That represent the 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 finest craftsmanship of, of of humankind. That in on on one end, that's what an orchestra is. You're looking there. There's no string instrument that can project more than a violin or a cello, because the way I mean, the, I mean you, there are other instruments that didn't make it. There was a, right. a, a battle of the fittest. You know, the arpeggione. That instrument didn't make it. Because it's clumsier, it doesn't project as well, and you can play basically play all the stuff that was written for it on viola or cello. You know, right. there, yeah, there, yeah. There, 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 there comes a point where certain instruments sort of establish themselves as the mm. winner of the pack. Of you course. know, the trumpet being good example of the the horn. Th- these are evolving instruments, and what, as you know very well, especially with brass, you look at, you know, that that's probably the reason why Beethoven symphonies don't have the most engaging. Yeah, just the technology of the time. Uh, the yeah. technology wasn't there yet, uh, whereas you know, uh, a century later or so, you have then the Mahler symphonies now right. with all the possibilities. Right, right. And that's that keeps evolving. I mean, now there comes a point now where you don't have only just instruments that function very nicely, but the alloy itself is just a little bit better, and it rings. Right. It just has that extra little shine. It can the, get so detailed at this point, like yeah. what makes an instrument better or so that, more. So, yeah. so when we get to that point in the discussion, when I'm talking about an orchestra with, with someone who's not involved with orchestras, I do ask them, do you like wines? Or do you like bourbon? Or do you like, you know, there are certain... I think the culinary... Uh, I mean, now that we're in foodie, the foodie generation, now everybody wants, you know, there's 
we're very aware of what we eat or where it comes from. And so that conversation goes very well hand in hand with 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 uh, talking culinary experience or 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 for example with uh, fine wines. So you like wine. So, so you know the, when you talk the difference between a, a you know a Merlot. Or, or like a, a Malbec Pinot or, sure, yeah. or Pinot Noir or whatever. And then what makes this one better? A lot of that. Uh, then people start understanding. Huh. Another thing then, uh, more, I mean, uh, on a broader sense, I think that we are one of the top activities still and will remain so um, because we're designed to be that. So when, when it comes to the collective, the, the collective activities, that's what I meant. We're one of the top collective activities. So you have sports. Obviously, that's you know tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands uh, of people coming together to filter their you know this kind right. of raw energy, and they want to see. It's basically, I think it's a good way to channel our 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 war impulses. This, I mean, I I do take a sort of Freudian approach. Loosely speaking, a very psychological, almost Freudian approach to what it is what we do. I think so. So there, there, there is a school of thought that basically we are we inherit a certain way of being, and it gets to a point that you really can't change it. But what you can do is channel it, right? I think sports are a great, great example that we, we we just can't help but fight each other because we that's where we came from, you know. It's just the wild and tribes and whatever it is i don't think that's going to change right right but we what you can do is you channel that energy and so our our, our warriors are no longer uh, our top warriors are no longer people that the one that killed the most it's like the lebron james or or the you know the uh, peyton manning or whatever the those are our heroes you know our war heroes are the ones in sports who are out there sacrificing their body you know but but they're basically putting a ball through a basket Right, and we, much like what we do, something that is sort of ridiculous, putting a little ball that bounces through a basket, all of a sudden has meaning, right? It has an ethos, and, and like you said, it's like almost tribal. Like I like this team, you like this team, and because you like that team and I like this team, now we have to hate each other. We hate know? each other for that moment, but afterwards right. we can go have a right. beer, you know. So that's uh, in in a way. So so then from our uh, perspective, I think it's it's that uh, perhaps to a, to to a higher realm, and that perhaps is the reason why I don't think that classical music, what we do, is meant to be um, massified to that degree of mm-hmm. sports. Like, I mean, I, honestly, I don't think that you can have a Beethoven nine. I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, that's what I mean about our limitations. I mean, I wouldn't play. The, I mean, you can, and it has been done that you play for a hundred thousand people, where but you need amplification for that. You're not gonna get the real experience. Sure, that's true. Yeah. So a lot of it, what uh, what we do, I think, is channeling a more primeval experience of the human condition which is coming together the tribe this is this is not tribes colliding against each other what we do is really about the tribe mm-hmm. coming together in the cave i mean that's how i see it it's us i mean our halls i mean we, we talk about the evolution of the instruments what about the evolution of the halls mm-hmm. where we played the acoustics i mean nothing worse than having a really nice instrument rehearsing and, and and having everything ready and all of a sudden you play in a crappy hall and everything right. is like for nothing you know, right it's, yeah it's like, it, like it's, the it's, hall is an instrument in itself yeah so yeah. the hall that's that's i call that the cave 
So that for me, that's the Freudian sort of, it's like a substitute. I mean, I think that's why it's so relevant still, mm-hmm. especially now when you have all these distractions and whatever, I feel people are all in their own little silos, you know, and you chat with your mom who's across the ocean or whatever. And then that's fine. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with that, but what we do is an opportunity for everybody to come together here. And, and that has not changed one single bit in my experience. I mean, I've played, I, I've performed now in five continents, you know, and so different cultures, different languages, different, um, also the, I have, I've played in places where, where, where you know, like in, in European places where everybody knows about music and I've played in remote places in Brazil and, and, you know, and, in Thailand, where 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 it's like the newest thing, they have never seen an orchestra. Yeah. They've never there's never been an orchestra in certain places, and you look at the experience of the audience with the with the ensemble. It's the same. Wow, it's the same thing. I mean, there are lif- different levels of expectation, and and obviously, when you're a connoisseur, you know more. It, it, it gets trickier, but but overall, the experience is the same. It's about Making sounds together that were codified and written and imagined by composers in the past or present. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's we're 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 looking at this at these you know doodles basically in sure, front yeah. of us, and we're we're through our sound we're creating meaning that people in the audience understand. From a very abstract thing. I mean, when when you play a you know a Beethoven symphony, and let's say we you, you don't give any pre-concert talk or anything, there is something there that happens magically that people are able to follow it, and their mind gets stimulated. Right, and there's right. a cohesion. There's a biological reaction. It's that music is the universal language type thing. Like everybody understands it, whether you think you do or yeah. don't. So that phrase, uh, music being the universal language, I like to expand on it and say it shares a lot of uh, of characteristics with language, but it's almost, I mean, it's its own thing. It's a, yeah. it's a basic Comics. necessity. Yeah, right. It's a basic necessity of the human experience to make it really human, humane. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I love about what, what we do. This is why what gives me confidence that, that there is a permanent element about it because I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's an evolving it's an evolving thing it's it's something that it's um, maybe at times there are moments where we don't see it how how it clicks uh, how to make it work with our economic systems that is basically the, the problem with orchestras is normally nowadays is it's a matter of economics and 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 messaging and packaging. Yeah. That's how I see it, because in the end, when the concert happens, if there are people there and it's done at the level that we're used to playing, it, yeah. I, I've never seen an audience that goes, ugh, right. uh, yeah, right. completely yeah, like I mean, that. Yeah, there might be someone who does this off on a slow movement here and there, right. but that happens even, I mean, even when I, when I go to concerts, I'll, you know, I, 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 I yeah. might dose off here and there, yeah, even if it's know, a fine performance. Everybody, yeah. And that's fine, but the point being is that this thing of bringing a, several hundred people together, um, it, it, it remains as valid now as it was when it was first being done. Uh, also, it's a place where we are starting to see our limitations. For example, the, the size of the halls in which we play. I do think that there are some halls that are too big. Mm-hmm. And we discovered that 
you know, like for example, somewhere in the 20th century, they started to build this gigantic, ginormous uh, concert halls that now people are saying, oh, maybe it's too big. I mean, it's, it's in, in the, you know, when you're performing there, you don't feel good because you don't hear anything right. right, you're, right. you're like playing this gigantic Well, when it kind warehouse. of goes against this, like what you were talking about, this sort of coming into the cave, this like intimate yes. experience. It kind of, and I, I imagine a long time ago when the orchestras probably were smaller and there were probably not as many people. So the, it was like sort of yeah. intended to be yeah. an intimate experience. Right. And so when you try to like, like you said, make it a mass experience and we're just trying to get numbers, which yeah. more people in the hall, I believe is always a good thing, but I, I kind of do see your but point there, that the, there's a limit. There but is, I think yeah. that again, through the same process of trial and error where one decide, okay, if we, if I make a trumpet, this long, it's not going to make any sense. It's going to sound bad, and, yeah. the, and then the player can't get the hand out like there. There you is know. a perfect, like a point of balance. Yeah, there is a point of balance, I think, with our concert halls, and so little by little, we see this um, evolving phenomenon, and now we're starting to incorporate um, technological elements to the whole experience. Um, well, so what? So, let, 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 so, so here's something we do. For example, before we get to the to, no the, to the fine things. Um, to the fine details. I mean, something that we've been doing since the beginning, even when we started to illuminate uh, the halls uh, with, with, you know, with electricity. Back then it was candles. Mm -hmm. uh, but so we still dim the lights. We dim the lights for some, for the, this is what I mean about that cave experience. There's something about it that it feels more natural for us to be a little on the dark side so that there's that focus on, on the stage. Obviously theater is the same way, but theater comes from there too. Yeah. From telling stories by the bonfire. Which is like what we're thing. doing, right? We're telling stories through music yeah. rather than like spoken word. Like so a, imagine that we that the light that we need and receive on, on, on stage to be able to look at our music and, and also for people to focus on us who are performing for them, that's the fire. Mm -hmm. That's the bonfire. Yeah. That's been there. And then I would apply the same thing for to, to the theater experience. You know, when you're looking, when you're going to the theater and you're seeing actors in front of you, they're, you know, the, 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 there's the lighting on the stage and then there's the darkness around it, the dimming of the light. That's what I mean. It, I mean, we need this cave experience yeah. because it connects us with our most primeval part. Hmm. This is before we were even... Uh, you know, before we had countries, before we had anything, we had families and tribes. I think what we do, it's 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 a it's 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 that same experience, but maximized. It has evolved to what we see now, and I think we take it for granted to something. But once you reconnect with that concept, then it, all of a sudden it really makes sense that we should be oh, doing this sense, more yeah. and more, and 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 that we should. I mean, I think part. This is one thing that I encourage from, let's say, modern musicians, the ones that are now, you know, like you winning the jobs now, etc. I work with a lot of people who are about to win their jobs now with, with uh, the American Youth Symphony there in L.A. And, and I just found out some of my players are winning auditions. I'm very happy. You know, one, one of my principal chills there just got a position with North Carolina Symphony. So that's, I mean, I what, what I'm trying to work with them and those who are willing to listen and you know and also as a music director of a professional orchestra even with seasoned players it's the fact of trying to create some awareness that um if if we go from that concept 
from that cave mentality in the sense of what we do, this is the purpose. Now, then you start to see the, the importance of music education, of, 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 of bringing that experience very early for our kids, not just because it's good for what we do, because it's, it's, it's an essential part right. of the human experience to be able to go to the cave. Yeah. For the kids to come to us and see what the grown-ups are doing, for them to be able to try to replicate that um, in, in, in their schools and in their after-school programs, you know, in their, some orchestras rehearse in a gym, some others have an actual rehearsal space, but I'm talking of the kids yeah. at the kid level. If we're able to, to have a dialogue with our communities and, 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 and people understand that this is an essential part of what we do, as much as you need the hunter-gatherers, as much as you need the providers. I mean, why do we do this? Why do we have kids and keep going? It's because we're looking to connect. That is the miracle, and that is what we do. I agreed 100%, actually, yeah. I think connection is bottom line where we are, and that's like one reason I, I wanted to do this podcast is so people who don't know you can have the opportunity to connect with the words that you've said here, to connect with your message and mm -hmm. things, and... Um, if it's, I think that's a good place to, well, I, unless you have more you want to throw out there. Well, yeah, I can. And there's, there, there's, because as I said, at some point you, you, you think of, for example, in, in what I'm doing, you know, in, in what I'm having to, what I'm doing and what I'm having to endure with the whole Venezuelan thing and the cancer, blah, 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 and all these things. Um, all this suffering you know, and all these scars that you get from this. At some point, though, something clicked and that made it so um, evident. It, 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 it's, it's, it's almost like, oh, my gosh, look at it right there. I think that the worst things that are happening in the world, you know, the, I mean, because I mean, part of the human experience is suffering to some degree, you know, and then seeing others suffer and trying to, you're trying to fix it. I am a hundred, a thousand percent convinced that what we do is in a way the best way to combat the atrocities that one sees um, all over the world. I mean, th this, How so? I mean, through sports, through the arts, through culture, through cultural endeavors and activities, that is the way that you pacify mankind. There is no stronger way. I don't know if there's any other way, but through channeling certain energies and tendencies and impulses that are in our DNA, they're encoded in us and there's no escaping that part. I, I'm a firm believer that going, that, going, that uh, overcoming despair is through action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And there is no better action than organized action. And that is what we do. I mean, it's what more we do powerful that way for sure. What we do is basically we are creating a substitute for certain things that we had to do at a certain point in our, in our history as humankind. Um, and we're channeling that same energy and we created, we literally created a type of activity that satisfies that monster, let's call it that, 
but at the same time creates uh, uh, an infinite set of possibilities for for our brothers and sisters. Yeah, wow. There's that great dialogue between um, a German, uh, uh, Austro-Hungarian empire and a, a very uh, recognized and famous general had a dialogue, a discussion with Franz Liszt, who basically and he basically told him, "Well, why don't you drop what you're doing? You know, grab grab a musket and join the." The front lines and Franz Liszt responded, "Well, you know, I am the reason why you are going out there and fighting the yeah. wars that you're doing." And that sounds quite elitist if you hear it from you know as a first reaction. But when you think about it, what he was meaning really is that if we're able to overcome wars and live in a more peaceful and just society, <clears throat> why do we do it? Right. Is it just uh, that we can keep drinking coffee right. and uh, you know there's there's yeah. there's the nurturing part of our of a, of the experience and then you would then somebody might say well well you know I can watch a movie I can do this now but there is something about what we do that is about bringing people together literally physically yeah that's an interesting point I guess an interesting part of it that yeah you could watch a movie and there's plenty of talented people who worked very hard to be able to tell a compelling story but. There is, yeah, that interesting component of what we do that kind of the point, you know, we could rehearse when we rehearse, we're playing the same exact music, but there's no audience. It, yeah. it becomes a concert when people come together. Yeah. And then that becomes the point of what we do. We rehearse to give a yeah. concert for people. And, and the moment that is happening, you know, for a fact that something changes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. When people are there, something changes. And the point here is, 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 is that those people who are there also something changes for them too yeah the mundane becomes all of a sudden relevant and uh you know there 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 are um what's the word uh, transformational transcendental experiences that one can have and one often does have in a concert hall and i'm talking about the audience perspective of course for us it's like every week for us it's mostly about actually remembering this thing and not and not going through the motions sort of right. oh, here we go again that's the challenge for us but for the challenge on the other end is is to is to know to be aware that this is an option and this is something that you know that when you come in you do feel better and and it, and i think that as orchestras evolve it, it it's crucial that we keep this in mind uh, at every level, for from the administration through conductors for sure, and the musicians. Um, one thing I like to that I, I like to encourage. This is why I love what you're doing here with this uh, with the podcast, and I encourage that also with my um, uh, musicians at American Youth Symphony is to become entrepreneurial and 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 to. And, and to engage and to find your voice within the larger equation, it's it's it. I think it's the most the most chances chances of success are this way. I mean, you see it in sports too. Back in the day, you would see you know you see a game, game is done, people go get on the bus, go to the next game. Now you have the you know all the peripheral activities. Mm -hmm, you right. know more about the players. We know more about the their their history and you have like the like i follow the nba and they have the nba cares when you go and do things for the kids and there, there's all this extra messaging and i think that is also about 
bringing people together and into the experience, into the feeling of belonging. I think orchestras can definitely yeah, take a lot from this. From that's the actually world. one question I was going <laughs> to. That's so cool you say that because I, I basically feel that about most things related to music is we we have. I feel the music world is among the it's like sort of the world that is last to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Right. So we see all of these other and and we see all the like technology and then maybe sports and then maybe fitness and stuff like that. They, they make these sort of evolutions and how they do things. And so, yeah, to basically to just look at what they do and then to say, is there any of that that we could apply? So we don't necessarily sort of dumb down the product. That would be the worst thing we could do, right? Mm-hmm. Is to say, well, we're, we're going to, we, we present it the way it should be presented, but then are there other things outside of that, that can be, you know, can help enhance the audience's experience and also to help them connect with what we're doing and maybe even with us. I believe when you go to a concert and you know somebody playing, it's a way different experience than if you just go to hear the music, you're sort of rooting for that person. You're, and so I think more connection with us means a more connection with what we're doing on stage. Like I said, that's part of the reason I want to do this podcast. Absolutely. And I think that, um, the, one of the challenges for, um, the, for, for this generation will be to find how th- this 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 arsenal of technologies that is available to us now how can we make them relevant to what we do but to the degree of precision and of excellence that we demand from ourselves as performers this is the, this is how i see it i think that we were at the forefront of technology like I said, when luthiers were making the instruments, I mean, the top technology back in those days, our instruments, what we do was right there yeah. at the very top. Right. Yeah? Yeah. What happened, I think, was once um, the, the, when Benjamin Franklin discovered the conductivity of electricity and then that starts to, you know, to create a new set of technologies it's, 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 it's like, there's like a breaking point there mm-hmm. something new i think that might have taken us a little bit by surprise because we were at the forefront all of a sudden we're we're about keeping this tradition and all of a sudden we started to feel old yeah right we meaning our our predecessor our, but yeah. you know what i mean the people that did what we did we were at the forefront f- at the forefront of everything technology on the stage celebrity and all of a sudden we're somewhere somewhere Back of the line with respect to the technology, and you have then you have like blues groups, and then you have rock bands, and you have hip hop, and you have all these things, etc. All these other things that are happening because of electricity, because of projection, because of technology. Now I think that we're starting to find how that can really, really be incorporated in 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 in, in our in our the experience of what it is an orchestra concert. That's I mean I. I, I, I like to think that we should curate every single second as much as we can. So um, I like to think of when I talk to people, right, all right, I want people to come to a concert, but what I'm really shooting for is that they get out of their home, yeah. right? So what do I think about? I think about, okay, so let's say this person and their significant other have kids and they, you know, they're going through day-to-day things and, you know, they're, they're on a tight budget. So they're going to hire a babysitter. 
that night, that evening, they're going to hire a babysitter. So what do I want? For them to come out and listen to a Schubert symphony or whatever and just go back home? That makes no sense. Right. On top of that, I'm not going to convince many people to do that if that's the only reason. Agre- actually, totally agree. I, yeah. I, again, I don't, I, I don't want to undermine the power of a Schubert symphony, but... But with what so if, many other things possible to do, there's got to be this next step of something that is unique of what we offer. Because they could just listen to that Schubert Symphony at home on like a CD or something, yeah, right? Or look at a score right. or whatever. So exactly, yeah. like you were saying, the other options. So I wonder yeah. what that other element. And, yeah, and then you think, have the digital concert hall. You can look at watch right. the Berlin Philharmonic play it live. Right. So what do you do then? Um, a city is still a city. Community is still a community. So I, I try to look at w- all the wonderful things about that community. What is positive? What does that, this community have to offer uh, that engages someone and wants them to step outside of their little silo? Well, um, what I start in Birmingham here, there's one very easy one is the, the food scene. We have great restaurants. We have so. That's a reason why I wanted, I mean, I surveyed, a, we, we surveyed a, a great number of, of people. Uh, this was early in my tenure. And we discovered that people do want to go out and about and go to dinner or something. So the restaurant scene, et cetera. What about connecting with the, with the culinary scene in your city? What about adjusting the time of your concert so that by the time you're done with the concert, the, 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 the restaurants are still open? You know, because there's some that like their supper, as they say here, mm-hmm. early on. But there are some, uh, perhaps in a younger generation, or not necessarily younger, but just people who 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 are uh, late birds. You know, they they want to do things yeah. later on, night owls. So, let's say you, you you got the babysitter, okay, and you're on a date. What about making it a whole experience? So that when you go. Maybe I have no idea what a symphony, what this symphony will sound like. So you go and there's there's the option of the pre-concert talk, which we do, you know, and then you have a little something. Sometimes I even might say a few things from the stage so that the the experience is a little bit more curated. Like when you go to a museum, sometimes I'm looking at a work of art and I look and I say, well, that looks nice, but I don't know anything. Right. But then you, if you have the the little the headphones, the, the headphones or, yeah. that give you the... And then they give you some context, some history, the symbolism. Oh, and all of a sudden you're looking at the thing and it makes a lot more sense. Same thing happens with us. Yeah. What we do, if we just just pinpoint a few things, a few, yeah. it'll give a little context, people listen to it. And even the most uh, uh, atonal, even uh, you know, strident piece of music will make sense to someone because they, they know where it's coming from. I think another powerful thing that of course, you can't force anybody to do anything, but another powerful thing that I think exists that I've started to try to do is before the concert, I just go into the lobby That's... and just say hi to people because I think, you know, beyond the fact that I want to say thank you for being here, right? Yeah. I get to actually meet these people that come and enjoy the concerts. The other thing that has become amazing to me is sort of the mindset that I am in after I'm done talking to a 
group of people say, we love what you do. I go out there and I go back out and I'm thinking, okay, I want to play well for myself. I want to play well for my colleagues. I want to play well for the, for if it's and you want to, you want to play well for Bob who you just, just saw, met yeah, and, exactly. he, and I know he's just looking forward to having a great concert. And it sort of adds this extra element of like the connection and the togetherness. And yeah. I think that's a super small thing that, is probably very meaningful because ideally speaking, you and us are the reason that they're there. You never know what's good. This is the beauty of it. You never know what's going to happen. The, the most important thing is that it happens because you never know what will happen from there on. I mean, we did one of this, uh, there was a performance we did recently, Carmina Burana with the Rider Spring, that one, we did that one. And there was a couple that decided to take their kid to the very first concert. And I'm talking just a regular um, Alabama boy who'd never been to a concert and his parents are, um, you know, the, I, I don't know what they do, but it's, you know, he might work in a bank. She might work at an office somewhere. You know, it's, it's, it's very, let's say, a, like a normal couple with their kid and they're wanting their kid to see something for the first time and also themselves. Mm-hmm. And I got a, a beautiful note. I get these notes uh, very often from our audience members. And as you say, I'm moved by them. He said, well, our, I mean, what well, we thought it was going to be entertaining for him, you know, and a good experience all of a sudden was like a life changer. This this boy was, he, the, the, they wrote to me that the next day he couldn't stop talking about the experience that he had just had with, by watching, you know, and listening to us. And you know now that this person has been changed forever. Right, they are right. never going to forget this. And I, that to me is so motivating, right? Yeah. Like to know that that's the possibility of what we do makes me want to work that much harder to to always be on my game. You know what I mean? It's like I want to be on my game for me and for my colleagues and stuff. But when I know that that's on the line, somebody being changed forever, it puts this extra weight and importance there, on what we do. There's a sense of responsibility. Yeah, once you once you once you get to to the point that you're now, let's say, you're not a, a, an employed musician who's you know who's making a living off of it, then then comes the responsibility. There there is, I do feel that we we are privileged. I mean, in the sense, at least, I mean, yeah, we're working really hard and you can get tired and it can be, but there is a point that we get to experience the final product as much as the the, the ones that, that paid their tickets and came to right. see it. You know, we, yeah, yeah. we, we, we get, and we get applauded at the end. Give me a break. Come on. That's, <laughs> that's nice too. Let's, I mean, to be acknowledged, as I said, there's nothing worse than feeling that you don't exist. So the fact that we come together, we play this, and we have curated an experience of for people to come. We, I mean, I, honestly, I mean, I'm thinking as much about me, us, the orchestra, and the concert, but also about them coming and 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 feeling motivated through our concert. Hopefully, the next day they're looking at their day to day life as a, a little with a little more brightness. Yeah. You know, there's a it's a little, little more shine to it because they're they know. That there are fellow human beings out there that and that they can come to, and uh, you know, just sit down together and 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 experience this fantastic music that brings out emotions that were felt in in many cases by people predating us through several generations. That's what I mean. It's a miracle. Yeah, it's a miracle. Yeah, the fact that we can feel. The same, or as close as possible, the same emotions that Tchaikovsky was feeling with his Pathetic Sonata. I mean, there, when you 
go through that piece, you know that there's a great deal of sadness or something, you know, there's something dark and, you know, and we feel that. You don't even have to explain this symphony for people to feel, oh my God. I mean, they connect with something that relates to them. Same thing can happen with a Beethoven. You, you talk about Beethoven 8, uh, that, that you haven't played that one, right? So we're yeah, going right. to play that uh, very soon. And that's, that. I mean, talk about a piece that is full of joy. I mean, it's very hard to not be uh, happy or at least happier uh, than before listening to this piece. Once you hear Beethoven 8, it's just a, I mean, it's just an, in, it's, a, it's real, literally an injection of pure joy yeah. and fun. So the human experience can be, uh, you know, somehow through sound we can, we can, we can create emotion. That it, music, it's in itself, is a sort of miracle. And the fact that we can, that we've been able to create this organism, that is so welcoming. I'm from, you know, I'm a descendant of Spanish. Uh, the Spanish uh, people in Venezuela and the you know the, the tropical place, but I can connect with a work by someone in Vienna. Yeah, from two hundred years ago. Yeah, I mean, come on, that there, is as fascinating as it gets. There's a video of Schulte conducting uh, pictures at an exhibition. Um, I think it was uh, in in Japan. And at the beginning of it, he sort of does this talk. At the very end of the talk, he says. Um, the fact that Mazorgsky and Ravel could collaborate in two completely different countries over the span of 50 or so years to create that piece of music. Which we're playing, which we're playing years, years later to, you know, to an audience. And how many people are probably like, this is the most incredible thing. You know, it's like, it's actually literal insanity that that's possible. And it keeps evolving. That's why, you know, the, the percussion, for example, the percussion seems to be the, the, the family of instruments that is still going through. Right. Yeah. Well, but, but that's very logical too, because I mean, we're incorporating percussion instruments from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Now we use congas and now we use, uh, you know, uh, Arabian instruments uh, and then we use uh, Far East instruments in in our orchestra too, that come from there and then we polish them and, and make them sound as good as they can as part of the orchestra. So we are in a way, um, the a global phenomenon yeah that started sort of you know in, in Europe but it has evolved little by little but we're still it, it, it's an evolving organism and it's in and we're, we're a part of it when we're gone the orchestras are still gonna be there many people are thinking oh this is the end of the orchestra how many articles have been yeah. I've read articles from so many decades and the people that wrote them are dead, and the orchestra is still there, <laughs> um, and they will remain there. We, you know, we're, we're about to um, do Harry Potter, for mm-hmm. example, with with the live uh, soundtrack. That's something that's kind of new uh, mm-hmm. to be the uh, you know to, and then because of my connections with LA, I know a lot of the key players who've sort of been on the forefront of this new practice, which is to do the whole movie with the soundtrack. What better way to for people to create the awareness? Oh my God! Well, I've been looking at this image, the soundtrack. Right. I, I say, you know what I say to that? That's the real 3D. The, the real 3D experience is the is to have the soundtrack yeah. live because yeah. the, because when when it's being played by living people right there in front of you, the emotions are are spontaneous, 
And well, I saw sometimes this. you take it for granted. I did an episode on the music of Harry Potter for this exact reason mm-hmm. because it, it was structured in a way that we would hear the theme. And then it was with Chris Confessori. We would talk about what the theme was. So you would get to kind of try to figure it out. It's like a little game. But then just drawing attention to how ridiculous the music is. But when you're watching the movie, you're sometimes not. You're sort of associating the two together. So when you separate it and then you realize people have to play this. And then I'm just sort of taking it all in all at once. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing thing. Well, another thing. I, I met Spielberg last year uh, in a concert in L.A. that I was invited to. And it was being conducted by John Williams, and this was at Hollywood Bowl, and I was there, right? I, mean, I had a very good seat for it, and then the there was something that they did, which I thought was fantastic, which basically Spielberg, they're from the stage, uh, they, they were honoring John Williams and his legacy and his career, etc. and then he said, look, I want to show you how much I depend <laughs> on this man and what he does, and these people, I mean, the, the orchestra, basically, um, to give meaning to what I do. This is Spielberg talking. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And he showed a, a pretty long stretch of, of his third Indiana Jones movie. He showed the, the scene where young Indiana Jones, being played by River Phoenix, the late mm-hmm. River Phoenix, is, uh, uh, is, it was uh, the railroad one. The, yeah, when the, when the they're the on the train, when yeah. they're on the train, he's escaping all the animals and all that. What they did, they showed that whole scene, a pretty long sequence without any music. But all the sounds, everything else, the, 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 the lion roar, the dialogue, everything else is there. And you see the scene. I'm telling you, when, we, when you look at it sort of naked without the music, it's, it was almost ridiculous, almost embarrassing to watch. I don't know, there was something about it. That it, <laughs> it, it seems, it, 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 was, it wasn't that good. I don't know, there was something. Yeah. That, that it made no sense. Um, you 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 were watching this scene and you wish that it was shorter. Okay, come on, let's move on to the next thing. You know, and then they play that long that sequence. It was a few minutes long, I mean, like seven minutes or so. Okay, fine. And then he goes, "All right, now let me show it to you with the music." And that's it. And then they added the John Williams score to it. That's all they did. You know, it's the same thing, but live with the orchestra playing. La Philharmonic was playing. It's and now like you're watching Indiana Jones. Now I'm watching Indiana Jones yeah. for real. You know, so it's, yeah. it's uh, and I've seen that experiment being done a number of times, and I've conducted a number of films myself. I did ET two years ago. I did uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark this year. Uh, sorry, uh, 2018. Anyways, uh, yeah. I'm doing Apollo 13 coming up, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, some colleagues of mine, they I guess they like to separate it sort of, oh, I'm a serious conductor and I only do this or this repertoire. I can't make any sense of that. I mean, really, <laughs> do you think that your, your gravitas and your sense of timing and depth for a Bruckner symphony or Mahler is going to be tampered? Is it going to be broken if yeah. you do a great score by John Williams? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I either. don't understand this part, but I I do feel that we are witnessing the 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 birth of a new thing. Yeah. Um. I mean, again, I think this is important for us musicians who are involved with orchestras to be aware of, and to try to get on back on the front line. I could very well foresee. I mean, they're going through changes too. The movie. I mean, movie theaters are closing. And, you know, the studios are readjusting. Now you see more of like the streaming services. Meanwhile, I'm always thinking, how does an orchestra fit in there? 
how does an orchestra lead this thing? I could very well see now um, a new type of Gesamtkunstwerk, uh, like uh, the, the Wagner principle, the thing of the total work of art, where somebody writes a script, let's say, writes a, a novel, let's say, or a good story. That somebody wants to turn that into a series or a movie, and you, you, in the future, or I think it's very well possible to do this now. Say, to conceive that already with a soundtrack. You, you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The, the modern Wagner will be someone who will write the script, maybe even direct, maybe even act in this thing, but create the music that goes with it as a sound experience. And then that, like John Williams did, turns that into a concert suite later on that you can play the music from that. Yeah. And that becomes a real, um, the real symphonic masterpiece of the future. Yeah. You see it? It's an interesting idea. Not, not yeah. so much as a, the backdrop, little background music. No, but it's like an integral part it of is, what's going on. I I am a firm believer now that the soundtrack of something like that is really the emotional. Oh, of course. It's the emotional experience of the movie. So, um, when I've been listening more and more to, for example, John Williams's concert suites from 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 like the star wars mm -hmm. uh, close encounters and i've been listening as much i mean obviously i related to the movie because i saw it but now i'm starting to look at the scores and analyze them in the same way that i would analyze a wagner score for example and i look and i say the emotional content here is a much is as much about the the piece and about the the characters and the sequence, etc. But it's also about my experience as a child. When I'm listening to this, I'm you know I'm like I'm flashbacking all the way through to, to experiences of my lifetime. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm saying now we should get in the forefront, not divide it so much, and understand that an orchestra with its limitations, which I mean basically. You can't have too many breaths. You can, you can, you should have just enough that, or or you need more strength if you have more breath. You know, right, right, yeah. That that mix well, that or the point of balance. Is, that right. point of balance that we're talking about. Once we get that right, I mean, come on, it's really infinite the amount of uh, the, the storytelling and emotions and things that we can convey, bringing people, and that will bring people to our cave. Carlos, thank you so much. For coming in. Oh, thank you for doing Taka, this. This is awesome. I think this what you're doing is also a part of the future of of, of, of our, our endeavors is finding ways technologically speaking the podcasts and and, and this kind of thing, uh, being able to connect and to share our ideas. I think that will encourage people to come and see I and say, so. Oh my god, I like this guy. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wanna hear that trumpet that he's talking so much about. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's that's uh, that's a key. I congratulate you too about well, what I you're doing. I appreciate that. I've been working hard and trying to get just trying to get our voice out there more. Like you said, there's nothing worse than not being heard, and so this is just a medium to be able to do that. And um, I'm sure there's many, many people who will be very excited to be able to hear your voice because you know you, it's impossible for you to talk to everybody, you know. Yeah. And so this way, people can on demand come to you. And so, yeah, I want to thank you. If uh, you have a website, carlosiskarai.com, is there any other preferred way to get in touch with you? Or well, there's that... also my, uh, I also have my, my, uh, oh, my, my social media right. there. I do have a, a, a professional musician Facebook page or Instagram. If you like to 
Look, I'm, a, I'm an Instagrammer. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I, I take pictures of it's crazy things. It's just your name, right? It's just my name. Yeah. And then there's uh, Iskra, just my last name for Twitter. Okay. Although Twitter lately has been more of a... Uh, I'm, I've been more focused on the Venezuela thing. Yeah. But uh, Facebook is still very much the music part. So, so if you want to know more about the Venezuela thing, check them out on Twitter. Oh, you'll be you'll... updated through my Twitter <laughs> for sure. And uh, if you need to get in touch with me, uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at That's Not Spit. I also have a website, That's Not Spit.com. Um, I want to thank, uh, again, Carlos for, for coming on and talking. I want to thank Brandon Yoakum for uh, his work on mastering the episodes of my podcast. And I would like to thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.